0: Amen. It's really, really good to be with you, and it's been a while since I've been here. Love your church family so, so much. We love your uh, pastor, Ted, and the other pastors, and Chris, and the elders, and we just really, really love you. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart, and as I was listening to you sing, tears were filling my eyes very quickly to experience what God is doing here, and how much he loves you, and how much he is working here in this church. It blesses my heart, and so I'm trusting the Lord will continue to lead us now with our hearts open and our Bibles open. Today we have a very familiar passage of Scripture in front of us. It was just read for us, and it's a passage of Scripture that is filled with truth, and it's a passage of Scripture that's filled with truth for troubled hearts. And so I have a question for you uh, this morning right away. Uh, Has your heart been troubled lately? Has your heart been burdened lately? Hearing about the things going on in the world, maybe experiencing things in your own personal life, have you had a troubled heart uh, lately? Well, in our text of Scripture today, we're going to be reminded of some powerful possibilities for the Christian life, and particularly for the Christian who perhaps today carries with them a troubled heart. We're going to discover the possibility of an unburdened heart, and maybe you're sitting here today and you think to yourself, "Uh, that's what I need. I need an unburdened heart. We're going to discover today the possibilities of... A, a heart that can offer all their worries and fears before the Lord and have the Lord take them off of us. I wonder if that sounds good to anyone today. You have worries, you have real fears, you have real burdens, and and, and hearing about the possibility of a place to cast those burdens, it, it feels good for you. I hope it does. We're going to discover today that we do have a firm Hope in the midst of a deeply troubled world. We have a firm hope in the midst of a deeply troubled world. There are beautiful possibilities for the Christian today, beautiful possibilities of an unburdened heart. And we see those possibilities coming to us from Philippians 4, verses. 6-7. to seven. I'm going to read the text one more time. I have nothing good to say apart from these words of scripture, so I would encourage you to put your eyes on the copy of the Bible again. Philippians chapter 4, starting from verse 6, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses All understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Okay, this is where we're going to start today. Truth for troubled hearts. If you're taking notes, you can make note of this. It is possible, point number one is this, to overcome worry. Did you know that? That it is possible to overcome worry. I want you to look at verse 6 in your Bibles. The Apostle Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. In other words, he's saying, don't worry about anything. Now before we jump into expounding this text, I want to give you a bit of the context. I want to remind you that these words of the Apostle Paul aren't a flippant careless words coming from someone who is totally disengaged from the reality of life's burdens. You know, sometimes you're carrying a burden and you hear people say to you, don't worry, but your thought is they don't really understand. These, these words just come flippantly, like, just, just don't worry about it. It's going to be okay, but, but that exhortation not to worry is not rooted in any deep substance. Well, this is not the case here with the Apostle Paul. No, I want to remind you that the one who's writing these words is actually living them out. And where is he living these words out? Well, he's living these words out in prison. He's chained to a guard. He's in fact preparing for his own execution. Talk about a lot to worry about. Talk about a lot to be anxious about. Now, this is important context because it teaches us that it's actually possible for a Christian to overcome worry. When Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, he himself is experiencing the burden-lifting peace of God in the midst of the most anxiety-inducing circumstances. And so let's stop right here for a moment because... For so many of us, when we hear the words, do not be anxious about anything, some of us truly believe in our hearts that this is impossible. And some of us have been so chronically worried that you feel like that's just the way it is. You don't even realize how worried and how burdened you are because it's just the way You live, and I live so many days like that, loved ones. Can I just tell you, I woke up this morning with an immense burden on my heart. And I woke up this morning almost feeling crushed under the weight of it, saying, How am I going to preach these words, Lord? I'm having trouble believing them for myself. So many of us believe, and I understand that it's impossible not to worry, because some of you are worried about your health, maybe. Some of you are worried about the economy. Some of you are worried about the political landscape of our country and the world. There's no shortage of issues on the world stage that so many of us are worried about, but... Here's the reality. So many of us are burdened and worried about a thousand other things that won't make the news, the things that weigh you down every single day. You're worried about the future of your children, or you're worried about your difficult marriage, or you're worried about whether or not you will get married, or you're worried about your job security, or you're worried about your financial stability. So many of us have so much to worry about. And when we hear the Apostle Paul say, don't worry about anything, some of us feel like that's impossible. Because you're carrying so many different burdens. Now, if we're honest with ourselves, Many of us would wonder, is it really possible to overcome all this worry? The Apostle Paul says yes. The Word of God says yes. And he shows us how to unlock the powerful potential of a life free from worry. And I want to show you right from our text. And so, if you want to learn how to overcome worry in your life, it's right in our text. I want to show you a few things. How to overcome worry in my life, you can jot this down. Point number one, or subpoint number one, is this: by active prayer, how to overcome worry in my life by active prayer. Notice in verse six, Paul says, "Do not be anxious about anything. Watch this now. But in everything, by prayer." I'm going to stop right here. I'm so happy to hear you have a prayer meeting coming up. And I was sitting there thinking, "Man, Lord Jesus, you are so good." This message comes probably according to your providential purposes to gather this entire church to this prayer meeting. But how do we overcome worry? By active prayer. He says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. Here is what this verse is commanding Don't worry about anything, instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, instead, pray. About everything. In other words, Paul is saying that there is an an alternative to worry. And when understood, the alternative alleviates and replaces worry. What is the alternative? Do you want to know? It's prayer. Prayer is what replaces worry. But not just passive, whenever it comes to my mind kind of prayer. It's an active, intentional, and conscious kind of prayer. It must be active and intentional and conscious because Paul says, in everything by prayer. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. And the only way we can actually pray about everything that burdens our hearts is by intentionally and actively identifying the anxieties of life when they arise and casting them onto the Lord through active and intentional prayer. This requires discipline. This requires an intentionality. I'm just telling you, As I woke up this morning and found my heart so burdened in God about my day, I said, Jason, be intentional. Stop thinking so hard and start casting your burdens on the Lord actively, intentionally, consciously. Pray without ceasing, Jason. Don't stop. You need to replace this worry with active prayer. I was written of George Mueller that in the midst of a very hectic, busy, and pressure-filled day, he was asked by someone, I love this so much, he was asked by someone, how do you maintain your composure and your calm and your joy in days like this? And Mueller smiled and said, I rolled 60 things onto God before breakfast this morning. And George Mueller would get up early to pray and read the word And as the pressures of the day came to his mind, he would roll all of them off of himself and on to God in prayer. I think that's what the Apostle Paul is telling us to do here. Through active prayer, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything consciously, intentionally, rolling it off of your heart and on to God. The Apostle Peter says, casting all your anxieties on him, rolling them all onto him. Why? Because he cares for you. Now for some of us, this is such familiar truth, isn't it? I've been a Christian since I was six years old. But I've learned that the most familiar truths of Scripture are the most profound truths of Scripture for my life. I wonder if there are people in this room who need to replace and alleviate a burdened heart. Replace your burdened heart with a heart of active prayer. What if we made it a habit to pray about everything? What would happen if every single person in this room showed up to the prayer meeting? Because we believed if we would come to this prayer meeting, we could roll off of ourselves and onto God all of our burdens and that he would help us. What if we really believed that if we rolled all of our burdens onto God actively and intentionally, not worrying, but in everything, praying that he would help us? I'm praying your heart is filled with faith. God wants to help us. How to overcome worry in my life by active prayer. Secondly, this, by thankful prayer. I want you to see it in the text. Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. Here it is, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. On the screen for you, F.F. Bruce wrote this. He wrote, a grateful remembrance of past blessings is a safeguard against anxiety for the future. It adds confidence to the prayer for continued blessings, hence the importance of, of thanksgiving in all true prayer. Now here's how I like to think about this, that a grateful heart, a thankful heart, is actually a humble heart, and a humble heart is the only kind of heart that prays. Conversely, an unthankful heart is a pride-filled heart, and a pride-filled heart is a heart that is self-sufficient, that does not pray. And here's what I realize in my life, that much of the worry that fills my life flows from the prideful assumption that I must carry my own burdens, that I must solve my own problems, that I must control the outcomes of any given situation in my life. That is the attitude of my heart so many days. And here Paul gives us a simple and yet powerful antidote to this kind of prideful thinking that leads to worry. The antidote is thankful prayer. A heart of gratitude. And when you wake up in the morning, when you woke up today, did you thank God because you were breathing? Do you know that that's a gift when you realize that you have the blessing of running water when you turned on your kitchen sink this morning or you turned on the bathroom faucet thank you lord when you got in your car or during the week, when you walk to the bus stop, or when you get on the train, or when you recognize that you can walk, that you can drive, that you can get to where you need to go, when in the midst of your struggle with unemployment, or marital conflict, or the loss of a loved one, or even cancer, you realize his grace is sufficient for me. He's always been good to me. He's always helped me. He's always been there for me. Even in the hardest times, he's never let me down. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I call that to mind, and I give you thanks and a heart that is thankful to the lord about all his past provisions and all his past blessings it is a heart that is fueled with faith for the future that he has never let me go why would he ever leave me now and oh amen you can clap to that And when you begin to realize in your heart, when this moves from abstract theoretical theology that's up there, when it becomes your experience, then you begin to experience joy and peace even in the midst of the hardest times. When you begin to give him thanks. I've been needing to do that a lot this past year. God, you've never left me before. You've always been good to me. And I look back at my life and I recount time after time after time of his blessings. All it does is fuel faith to pray. Pray with thankful prayer in a way that alleviates the burdens of our hearts. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, Let your requests be made known to God. So I just want you to try that right now. Sometimes we get uncomfortable with moments of silence in church. Don't ever get uncomfortable with moments of silence. Silence is good. Would you think about your life? Would you think about how God has shown himself faithful to you time and time again? And would you even right now just thank him in your heart? Consider the burdens of the past and how he has been so good to you. And thank him. Some of us shouldn't be alive. And he came through for us. Thank you, Lord. Some of us were on a path of destruction and he scooped us up. Thank you, Lord. Some of us lost everything, but he didn't let us go. Thank you, Lord. How to overcome worry by active prayer, by thankful prayer. Finally this. By specific prayer. Notice verse 6 again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer. Notice this. And supplication with thanksgiving. Watch this now. Let your requests be made known to God. Now The word supplication refers to the action of asking for something earnestly or humbly. Paul from his prison cell is not talking about prayer here as a vague general communication to God. Paul is encouraging us to bring very specific requests to God. You see it in the text in verse 7. He says, let your requests be made known to God. That's not because God doesn't know what we need. Matthew 6, 8 tells us that he knows our needs before we even utter them. But is that there's something that happens in our hearts when we bring specific requests to God? Prayer changes us when we bring specific requests to God. When we begin to count to God, recount to God, or bring to God those specific petitions, there's something that happens to us. When you name that person, when you articulate that problem, when you ask for that provision, moving from generalities to specific requests, turns impersonal, ritualistic prayer into intimate, dependent, and powerful prayer that lifts every burden that you're carrying today. That person that's giving you a problem at work, name them before God. Name them and bring your request for help at the workplace to God. And when you do that, now you know God is working in you. God sees that person. God will use you in their life. God will help you in the workplace. Whatever has caused that financial shortfall in your life, name it. Repent of specific sin where you have contributed to your financial shortfall with some Foolish action, name it, be specific about it, and allow God to take it from you and alleviate that burden. I'm going to help you, God is going to tell you. I'm going to help you. Whatever your provision is, whatever your petition is, whatever your request is, that that person that you long to come to a knowledge of Jesus Christ, maybe some of you have given up. Some of you are so worried, burdened about your children. They haven't put their faith in Jesus yet, and they're growing. You're so burdened. There's no heartache like the heartache of a parent over their children. Is that right? What if God's word is saying to you, be specific. Bring your children's names to God every day and watch him replace the burden with faith to believe that help is on the way. Specific prayer. And we can unburden our hearts with specific prayer, and conversely, we cannot unburden our hearts. We cannot cast our anxieties upon him. We cannot thankfully pray about everything without getting specific now for some people, it helps to have a notepad and a notebook and you write specific things down. If that helps you, do that. Some of you, it helps you to get on the phone with someone else and, and asking that person to keep you accountable so that you can bring specific requests and move away from these vague generalities in Prayer. Oh, how God desires to carry our burdens, that we can roll them onto him, that we can cast them onto him very specifically. That's my encouragement for you today. This week, as you go into all that's ahead, get specific in prayer. God will help you. All right, truth for troubled hearts. It's possible to overcome worry by active prayer and thankful prayer and specific prayer, and therefore, it's possible then to find peace. To find peace. Look at verse 7. Paul says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds In Christ Jesus, the peace of God. Now, there's some beautiful and foundational theology that I want us to remember and understand today. Here it is. Before we can experience the peace of God, uh, we must first be at peace with God. And part of the problem is that so many in the world are searching for peace that only God can give, and yet so many fail to realize that their problem of enmity with God must first be resolved. On the screen for you, Colossians 121 says, and you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death, Before Jesus Christ, we lived for ourselves, we served ourselves, we loved ourselves, and we remained at enmity with God, alienated and hostile, not at peace with God, therefore unable to experience the peace of God. But it's in our turning away from our sin, it's our trusting Christ for salvation that we are now reconciled to God, no longer enemies, but friends, and we are brought into a relationship of peace. Now, let me just stop right here. That's an important thing I need to tell you because if there's even one person here today that remains at enmity with God because you have not yet come to Jesus Christ if you have not yet put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, if you have not yet turned from your sins with repentance and put your trust in him to save you, then today is a day for that because there is no peace of God without experiencing peace with God. And all the work was done on the cross. All you have to do is trust And believe and turn from your sins. You can't know the peace of God until you have peace with God. Maybe that's your first step, coming to Jesus in faith and repentance, recognizing there's no peace that this world can give you apart from him, casting down the idols of self and self-indulgence and trusting in the finished work of Jesus for salvation. If you need help with that, don't leave this place today without Finding peace with God. All right, I want you to notice the text again in verse 7. It says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. A few things to note. If you're a child of God, if you've turned from your sin and trusted Christ, then there is a peace available to you that defies logic, it doesn't make sense. The Apostle Paul himself is living it out. Does prison take away his peace? It absolutely should, but it doesn't. The peace of God surpasses all understanding. Does a looming execution take away the great apostle's peace? It it really should, but it doesn't, because the peace of God surpasses all understanding. Does loneliness in his prison cell take away his peace? It should, but it doesn't. The peace of God surpasses all understanding, and that peace of God is available to you and me in the midst of our troubling and perplexing circumstances, the ones that we face today. Do you believe that? Are you embracing this call not to be worried about anything, but instead to take everything to God in prayer so that the peace of God could fill your heart? It's available. But not only is this peace available to us, Paul says that this peace is essential to guard and to protect us. I'm getting ready to close. Once you to notice it in the second part of verse 7. Paul says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, defies all logic, watch this now, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What is Paul saying? Well, Paul is saying this, that there are very real and debilitating worries in life, and they work to consume our hearts, and they work to disrupt our peace, and this is what our hearts need guarding from. Our hearts need a bodyguard. The peace of God needs to be the bodyguard of our hearts and minds. It comes through prayer. And this peace will be available to all through active prayer. And specific prayer. And so the worry and the fear and the despair That may flood your heart today. Paul says, Don't be worried anymore. Instead, pray about it all, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will protect you in every circumstance. And if you've been a Christian for a while and you face some hard things in your life, you understand just how much your heart needs to be protected from so much of what seeks to invade and disrupt what's going on in there. And maybe you're here today and you are filled with anxiety and worry. It's invaded your heart. The peace of God seeks to guard you, to protect you. The question is, will we be a people of prayer? I love to talk about prayer because in many ways it's the most simple thing we can do but in other ways it's the hardest thing we can do because the devil is so afraid of a praying people that he works so hard to make sure that God's people are distracted from prayer doing everything they can do except pray and then find their hearts so disrupted and so so much disarray I love to talk about prayer. I love to encourage you with prayer today because I believe in the power of it. Active prayer and thankful prayer and specific prayer that alleviates the burden and brings in the peace of God to stand as a bodyguard around our hearts and minds to protect us. Do you need that today? I woke up this morning and I needed it again. And I know I'll get in my car and I'll probably get a text message and I'll need it again. And I know I'll wake up tomorrow morning and I'll need it again. And I know in two weeks and in one month and in ten years, however long my life goes, I will need it again and again and again and so will you. Loved ones, will you be a people? Will we be people of prayer? And then subsequently be a people of peace. The watching world needs to see a church that is at peace. Amen? In the midst of all the disarray and all the corruption and all the wrong and all the injustice in the world, the watching world looks, the world around this neighborhood looks at Hope Mississauga and they need to see people of prayer and people of peace. It's ours in Christ Jesus, available and essential for us. You know, I gain nothing from saying this, but my heart is very burdened to say it. Come to the prayer meeting in this church. No matter how tired you feel, no matter how sleepy you you feel, no, no matter how much your heart is drawn towards Netflix or sleeping on the couch or whatever it is, can I encourage you? Come to the prayer meeting. And what you will find is your burdens lifted and peace filling your heart and your community strengthened and your witness advancing in this city. May it be so. Amen, church family. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, I pray right now that these words from your word would take root in the hearts of these dear and wonderful people in this church. I love this church I love the strength of faith in this church. I love the love for the word in this church. I love even the leaning in and the desiring for more of you in this church. I love the leaders of this church. I love the pastors and the elders. Lord, we, we love them so much. And so we pray right now, bless them, Lord. Bless them with a culture of prayer. Bless them with the peace of God. Bless them, Lord, to see all their burdens as they offer them to you replaced with prayer and with peace, increasingly so in these days. And I pray if there's a few of us in here still believing it's not possible to live a burden-free life, I pray you would challenge us, work by your Spirit, keep our eyes on the book, Do not be anxious about anything, loved ones, but instead pray about everything. Call upon the name of the Lord. Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things you have not known. May that be the testimony of this church. I pray in Jesus' name. And if you agree, you can say amen. Amen, amen. Amen.